Listen up, webmasters. Do you have the domain from GoDaddy but still don't have the design to go with it? If you want a great design to go with your great website, head over to Exhaler Studios. Quality, professional graphic and web design. Need to fix up an existing design? No problem. Zaylor can do it all. Head over to their site at zaylorstudios.com. X-A-L-E-R studios.com. All websites get a 15% discount using the code MCMuggle. What's up, MuggleCast listeners? If you want to make an impact online, GoDaddy.com has what you need. .com names as low as $1.99, plus world-class hosting, fast and easy website builders, and much more. Plus, as a listener of MuggleCast, enter code MUGGLE, that's M-U-G-G-L-E, when you check out, and save an additional 10% on any order. Some restrictions apply. See site for details. Get your piece of the internet at GoDaddy.com. Because shampoo has somewhat surprising side effects, this is MuggleCast episode 77 for February 17th, 2007. I thought we would start off the show this week by talking about the weather. Because we don't talk about the yeah, the weather. Alright. Ben, what's the weather like in Kansas? It's cold. I was talking to Mikey last night and it was nine degrees here. Wow. <laughs> yep. Nine. It's uh Mikey, what's the weather like? Where do you live, first of all? I live in Fullerton, California. Currently, I'm looking at my widget right now. It says it's seventy three degrees. So it's uh, wow. kind of warm. Yeah, come to think of it, we're all over the world here. Uh, Eric, what's what's the temperature like in New Zealand? Uh, well, it just happens right now to be a very chilly 66 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm, darn. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, how's the weather up in uh, Connecticut? It's cold. Feel, cold. Feels like negative one degree. Kevin, you sound like you have a cold. I, do you have a cold? I do have a cold. Quite a bad cold. Oh, Kevin under the weather. Kevin's got a blue screen of death. Yeah. For oh. <laughs> <laughs> Vista. Well, it, does that air, it, it does that arrow effect of the blue screen, you know. It's just, yeah. You fail, you fail, you lose, restart. <laughs> Yay, Vista. Well, I got news for everyone. It is about to heat up in here. <laughs> Look out. Here it comes. I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Ben Shane. I'm Kevin Steck. Hey, wait a minute. Let me put on my swim trunks. Oh, what? No, this is Eric Skull. <laughs> And I'm Mikey Bouchereau. Micah Tannenbaum is standing by in the MuggleCast News Center with the past week's top Harry Potter news stories. Micah. 
Richard Griffiths, the actor who plays Vernon Dursley in the Potter movies and who last night started playing the psychiatrist in Equus, says his presence in the Order of the Phoenix film is fleeting. He also discussed his character's relationship with Harry. He said with this fifth film, Vernon is much more frightened of Harry than vice versa. And as it goes on, you see that it ends up with Harry as the master and Vernon as the shivering idiot, the shivering coward. Jason Isaacs, the actor who plays Lucius Malfoy, is currently performing in the West End play The Dumb Waiter. In a new interview, he talks about the play and, of course, briefly discusses Harry Potter. He said, It's absurd a man of my age doing that stuff. And then you get there and realize you're doing scenes with Gary Oldman and Helena Bonham Carter. I look at the call sheet and they're going to be there today. I'm going to get to talk to them. Before you know it, you're having lunch and sharing Harry Potter sauce. It's fantastic. He went on to say, if you're someone like me who finds work enjoyably tortured, I'm constantly niggling away trying to make it better and realer and more three-dimensional, it's nice to leave all that at home and turn up at Harry Potter and just be unalloyed Nazi evil. A new Order of the Phoenix photo has surfaced showing Aberforth, the Hogshead barman. There are some high-res images from Newsweek and a new shot of Harry and Luna. For all the recently released photos from Order of the Phoenix, be sure to check out MuggleNet.com. Earlier this week, Scholastic, the U.S. Harry Potter publisher, released a Deathly Hollows poster, available for download. Bloomsbury had previously released a UK DH poster. Both can be accessed through MuggleNet.com. And in a new interview, Equus director Thea Sharrock expresses her thoughts on the seminal play and also on Daniel Radcliffe playing the lead role, nude in some parts. She said the peculiar life Dan's led has prepared him for things that most people will never have to deal with. To watch the ease with which he deals with things is extraordinary and immediately gave me great faith in the fact that he had a good chance as anybody of pulling it off, if not better. Previews of Equus in London's West End began last night. Finally, Quidditch in outer space is a possibility. In an interview with the Times Online, a chief NASA scientist says that a microgravity sports competition is not out of the question when their first ever space settlement arrives on the moon in 2024. The scientist said if you had a large pressurized habitat, people could take advantage of the low gravity environment by attaching wings to themselves and flying about. While the typical Harry Potter fan may never be able to get to the moon, NASA says Quidditch-like area would be used to keep their space inhabitants in shape. That's all the news for this February 17th, 2007 edition of MuggleCast. Back to the show. Okay, thank you, Micah. Hey, we got some news to talk about this week. You guys want to talk some news? Ah, sure, sure. I want to talk some news. Um, Earlier this week, interesting tidbit came out of uh, an interview with Dan Radcliffe. He uh, revealed that J.K. Rowling was on set this uh, probably a few weeks ago, a couple months ago. And uh, he says the story went, Joe came down to the set at one point and I said, oh, hello, why are you here today? And she said, oh, I just needed a break from the book. Dumbledore is giving me a lot of trouble. And Dan said, but isn't he dead? And Joe replied, well, yeah, but it's more complex. I was... Like, briskly, okay, I'm not going to ask anything else. That's what Dan said. What do you guys think is up with that? Dumbledore back in book seven and causing complications, Eric. It's his portrait. It's his portrait. We know you that. You think so? Yeah, either, either that or something, something like left that. behind that something Harry's going Yeah, to something, some, yeah. They got it. They some it. extra tidbit that's really annoying. Yeah, something, some detail mm-hmm. about yeah, where something he was. Something he did say in previous books. Yeah. Um, actually, if you, actually, uh. Oh, what's her name? Oh, yeah, J.K. Rowling. She said that we were going to learn something <laughs> significant. You've done that about, before, haven't you? 
No, I don't think so. We're going to learn something significant about Dumbledore's past. She said that in an okay. interview. So maybe so, it's like a flashback or something? Not necessarily yeah, something, a flashback. Something but a, maybe a memory in a pensive. Yes, something yes. Like that. Uh, we yeah, got an something. email from uh, Katie, Tara, and Shannon from Chicago who suggested that... Uh, well, they wrote, when Joe mentioned that Dumbledore was giving her trouble and Dan asked, but isn't he dead? Uh, she, she responded that things were a bit more complicated. It seems like she was talking about Albus Dumbledore, but what if she meant Aberforth Dumbledore instead? Personally, I think when she refers to Dumbledore, yeah, she's talking about Albus. Yeah, because isn't he dead? Isn't he dead? Well, yeah, but it's more complex. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <good point. laughs> well, yeah. They, they, <laughs> Unless Aberforth <laughs> dies, too, but uh, that, that's stretching it. But, yeah, that's kind of interesting and a kind of cool little fact there that we know we're going to see uh, a complicated part of Dumbledore book in death, uh, back in uh, book death. What am I saying? Deathly Hallows. Another uh, tidbit came out this week. This came from a interview with Rupert Grint, uh, one of our... From the Saddle Club. <laughs> from the Saddle Club. Yeah, don't you guys subscribe? I subscribe yeah. to the Saddle mm-hmm. Club. That's a. Uh, it's actually a magazine over in England. It's a girls' magazine over in England. So uh, I'm sure Jamie's like a regular uh, subscriber. Yeah. So, <laughs> so. And the Fe- February March issue uh, featured a new interview with Rupert Grint, where he talks about the uh, sixth film, and they ask him about rumors concerning Emma Watson staying around for the final two films. And from what we know. Uh, Emma Watson is going to be in Half-Blood Prince, but as for the seventh, apparently there's been more rumors than we think, because Rupert seems to be pretty well aware of them. He said, uh, well, they they asked Rupert, I heard that Emma Watson might leave the series before it's over. Do you know the story there? And Rupert replied, I'm not actually sure. I don't really know the details, but I have heard that. I don't know. It would be weird without her, and it would be sort of a shame if she didn't stick it out. It's not up to me, because they do take up so much of your life. I don't know what she thinks, but I do hope that she doesn't leave... Um, also, they asked if, you know, she's ever been like, oh, I can't take this anymore. And he said, no, not really. She hasn't really talked about it. I know me and Dan are going to stick it out. So we'll just have to see, really. I hope she doesn't leave. Ben, what would you do if she wasn't back for the seventh film? I wouldn't see it. <laughs> you wouldn't see it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I really think she'll be back. I don't know. Maybe yeah, they'll twist, twist her arm with it. Money. Say, come on, please. Because she has... I mean, it's, it's guys. Seriously, it's what made her. It's what made her so popular. You know, throw a little more money at her. She'll, she'll yeah, come why, back. Why would they not? Yeah. Why she'll would they not? Back. I mean, if they were given the chance, if it weren't the studio executives saying you guys are too old, we're not allowing you to be in this film or whatever, why would they not do something like Harry Potter? I mean, there's there's an issue, of course, being tired of the fame, tired of how much of, it, of your life it takes up. But seriously, guys, this is uh, especially you know in. And I know they have other things to do and other movies to be in, but this would seem, you know, it's such a great honor, and you're the only person, you know, who gets to to fill this role. Why would you give that up? Uh, especially, you know, yeah, you know, you're you're the Hermione. It, yeah, it just doesn't you're, make you're, sense to me. And if you yeah. don't like your character, how you're portrayed, talk to the writers about it. You know, if you have an issue with that. But and the problem I see with her getting out of it is. It's going it's to sort of destroy, destroy the trio things in a way yeah. because when the trio. we, yeah. it's got to be awesome. Yeah, you know, when you think of the the chemistry they've built over the past five films, when you put a new actress in there to fill the role of Hermione, it's going to be exactly. completely different, right? And plus, it's the last film, so couldn't you just stick yeah. it out as Rupert says really. for one more? 
that wouldn't if if you committed to the sixth film, I mean, yeah. and that's the thing. If they if it's only Emma who's leaving, you know, if, if all three of them leave, that would just be complete crap. But just one of them leaving it would just be weird. Introduce this new Emma. It's right. not like she's putting her whole career on hold. I mean, look at what Dan and Rupert are doing. Quite, <laughs> yeah, you know, they're quite capable of yeah. doing movies aside from. Harry Potter, Potter while Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Right. So. Yeah. Did she come out and say that she has other things on her mind besides just acting and she's not sure if that's what she wants to do? Is that what she said? That's kind of why. Well, she probably wants to be a teenage girl. I think I read it somewhere a long time ago. Even if you don't want to, even if you hate acting, even if it makes you terminally ill from acting, I would still do the seventh one. I mean, do them all if you're going to make it through six. No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you there, but. I don't know. I, I definitely think she'll be back, you know. But she's done this before. Didn't she, weren't there rumors she wasn't going to be in the fourth film and stuff like that? So yeah, it's it's strange. And I mean, the only reason we're talking about it is because Rupert uh, brought seemed, this up and said he had heard about it. it. Which you know, I assume maybe there's rumors going around set. And I'm not going to judge, but it's, yeah, it's it's interesting. And even if she says, "Look, guys, I'm not coming back," WB like WB will be like, "Okay, here's a here's an extra." Ten million. What do you what do you say now? <laughs> yeah. So um, we yeah. won't hear an announcement or anything about it officially from WB until they sign a contract or she, you know, says definitely she's not coming back. Yeah, and from so. from what I heard when I went on the set a few months ago, they were in the process of trying to sign them all on for the seventh film, and they said they were pretty close to that. So. We'll see. But, yeah, it, it makes sense for her to stick around. Um, and then also this week we got a few new pictures. Uh, first one, probably the the biggest one of the week, our first look at Aberforth. A blurry picture of him in uh, in the hogshead. And uh, I feel like I've seen this before, but I also feel like that fits him perfectly. Hmm. The, the picture's the, too pixelated, I think. It yeah, is, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's just low resolution. Does anyone know where it actually came do you know where it came from? I don't know. No, like, it's, Harry, it's weird. HarryLatino.com and DanLatino.com have both been getting these new pictures. It looks first, like a... And, uh, uh, we're not sure where they're getting them It looks them like from. a cell phone camera or something. Does it? Like the pixelation of it? Yeah, it, it looks really... It's Yeah, it's really low. <laughs> a smuggled image. It's, it's quite possible. Yeah. I mean, we've seen what happens when you let No, it is. It's yeah. true cell phones and stuff so but anyone anyone surprised by this picture of Aberforth anyone expect him to appear a little different to me he looks he, he suits it perfectly yeah, it looks, yeah he picks, he's exactly how I picture yeah, him right? yeah pretty much yeah. he's kind of you yeah. know somewhat look alike to Dumbledore but not not entirely yeah I think he's got a little bit of a look to him if he grew that beard in an extra two or three feet I think uh, he'd look just like him yeah I, I like the beard I actually like the shortness of his beard you know it's kind of I think it gives him his own character distinction right there. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like yeah. a six-inch beard. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Mikey, you should grow one of those. You could if you wanted <laughs> should to. Should I? Yeah. But, 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 but it'll be dark black, and I'll be like a Hagrid instead of a Aberforth. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Rubius Hagrid. <laughs> Hi, Rubius. Rubius, where are you coming from? I love that guy. <laughs> and then Hagrid's another picture, amazing. Another picture came from DanLatino.com showing an emotional Harry with a uh, cut on the left side of his forehead. Looking pretty sad. He looks like he's a little teared up there. This seems sort of... Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you... I don't know. Dan's is not very good at the emotional scenes, I don't think. I think that's one of the well, best. It's hard to... Well, wait. It's hard well, to let's tell. See how it's it's hard to tell. 
Well, yeah. let's, turn, let's see. Yeah, let's see how it turns out on the film and how he actually acts on film. Because I was extremely disappointed with the uh, scene in Prisoner uh, yeah. of Azkaban. He where killed my parents. He was my friend. Well, no, he, he was, was their friend. friend. Yeah. yeah, it's true. Yeah, but he yeah. was good. He was good. He was better in uh, Goblet. Goblet of Fire. You know that dude. Goblet was that was a good. huge improvement. He comes back. You know, he, he killed Cedric. And that was just like. It was sad, you know. It wasn't that sad when he got died, when he Cedric died, but when he brought him back, that's when it was just like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah. I, Did you I, cry, yeah, Mikey? I, you know, I, I may have shed a tear, but I'm not going to admit or dude, deny I'm, anything. Dude, I'm serious. I'm just thinking about it. That scene was so depressing <laughs> I, oh, in a dude, beautiful no, way. Music. Like it was just so well done. I remember sitting next to Ben at the premiere. Ben turning to me, going, <laughs> you guys cry? "The people next to me are crying." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they, they were bawling. They, they were, they were shaken up. Wow. Any, any idea who they were? What their relation was to uh, internal WB? Probably critics. No, I don't know. They, they know. I they were kids. No, we we kids. did. Ori- I did originally. And then uh, we moved. We sw- I switched with Sue. No, you, no, you were sent by Sue. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you were sent by and Sue. You were sent by Melissa. Didn't you say Sue Not was bawling her eyes out? Wasn't Sue uh, bawling her eyes out? Yeah, she was. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but come on. It, it, is a, it is a sad scene. Yeah, Goblet of Fire really improved Dan's emotions. I know the POA scene is shaky, but I thought Goblet of Fire was... Dan really got a lot yeah. better. And you know what? I think Equus is going to do good for him for the final two films. Because that's going to really challenge his his acting abilities in an emotional sense. And I think by the time the Half-Blood Prince comes around he'll be ready to do some really emotional scenes in in that film um then we also we also got a new picture of Dumbledore from HarryLatino.com again my guess is that these pictures are from the upcoming uh Harry Potter Seen It edition second edition oh that's possible oh, really? yeah are they coming because out with that for sure they, they are coming out with that I'm just looking at these and I don't I just have a feeling like since that was announced recently, I'm thinking they might have gotten their hands on an early copy or something. And these pictures just look like stills that you would find in a scenic game. I don't know why, but it's either that or it's either that or WB is contacting them right now, going, "Why the hell are you uploading these pictures?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then we saw a smaller one of Harry and Ivana this week from a Spanish magazine. That uh, image was actually leaked, and. Uh, Ooh. We uh, kept it up anyway. Don't tell anyone. And uh, what else did we have? Oh, we had a nice look at the atrium, the MSNBC article uh, with the Order of the Phoenix preview. We got high-res images from <clears throat> Warner Brothers this week. What do you guys think of the atrium? We've seen it in, this, I think, just one video preview. It reminds Beautiful me. set. Yeah, it sort of reminds me of uh, Chamber of Secrets, but shrunk. Well, um, the atrium set was built on the same area where the Chamber Secret Secret set was built. Oh, really? You can see see why. I mean, the columns to the right and left are... Yeah. It's not necessarily... similar. The same set, yes, but it's very similar. Yeah, it it is. And uh, in the article, they said that it's going to be digitally enhanced to make it look longer. But... um, I was there when they were building that set, and that is huge. And I'm wondering why. Um, I don't know, Mikey. Maybe you can put your uh, thought in on this. This picture, it seems kind of low. It's not shot very high. Do you think they were trying to hide all the lights and stuff up top? You know what um, I mean. I think the lighting would probably be a lot higher. But I'm actually looking at the higher resolution right now, 
Um, mm-hmm. I do like a lot of the lighting. Like it's very bright in the center. Um, it mm-hmm. is dark. It definitely, I don't think it's a finished product. Um, like you mentioned, they were probably going to take it a little bit longer. Um, this might be something along the lines of like his dream or something going towards there. Cause it doesn't look like it would be bright, you know, there's like a lot of, when what do you mean? There for the, uh, well, well, right. I mean, they, I'm sure they just took this for the MSNBC article. I mean, this isn't a picture from the actual film. Yeah. This is just like the set, you know. I think the low, it would probably be stylized, you know. Um, yeah. Oh, again, I, the you know the dream, you know, maybe the snake, you know, maybe I view from the snake, something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And by so, the way, there's the uh, fireplaces on the right, right and left. Those are where the wizards and witches enter. If yeah. You guys didn't know that. So it, now, now what? What do you guys think about the scale? What do you mean? What do you mean? Well, I always imagined it slightly larger. Maybe it's just me. The set is pretty big. It's it is, is it? gigantic. Maybe I'm not getting. Uh, maybe I know. I know, Andrew. You've seen it. I mean. Well, I'm not. What do you want me to say, Ben? <laughs> Sorry, well, I can't how, comment because I don't want to bend. Uh, uh, you well, know, well, for example, how you're, you're give grass us a, marketing us? Asshole. I'm not grass marketing. I'm just telling you. How, how big are the fireplaces in reference are to they, like well, your they're size? About, or? They're about normal size. I mean, if you stood up to, if you stood next to one of them, your head would be up to probably the mantle. Well, your your head would be a little higher. Wait, is than it Ben's mantle. head or Kevin's head? Because there, there <laughs> well, I would say Kevin's head. <laughs> oh, Kevin's right, head. right. Okay, because I know they like, sort of. From what she told us, you sort of like slide out. They like slide out. That's kind of cool from, from inside of them. But yeah, um, and and I mean the the offices will be digitally enhanced too, so it goes up like hundred stories. Have you seen the office? Oh, you mean like in the atrium, like the view of the office? Yeah, see the in the back with the red yeah, pillars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. there's there's a lot of like deep royal colors like on the walls and stuff and the tiles and stuff. Like it's all, yeah, all the kind of royal purple, royal green, royal red. Yeah. But they're it's Christmassy. I like it. Well, it's Christmassy. It reminds me of Willy Wonka actually. I mean, if if, if, if you want if you want a comparison, I, I really think that's that's what that those were my initial thoughts. It was very a little bit I don't know if it's too colorful, but I was thinking kind of crazy Willy Wonka. I I just there's a difference between yes. showing that the ministry is like a crazy form of government, but then actually believing it as a government building. It just seems like a, in a way, a shiny new set. <laughs> and I like the colors. Don't get me wrong, but the colors kind of threw me off a little bit. You're All comparing this, this to the uh, Tim Burton Willy Wonka, right? The really bright one with uh, Johnny Yeah, yeah, Depp. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Tim Burton. Yeah, sorry. Okay. I should have specified because I like Gene Wilder. All of those uh, offices are going to be filled with little wizards typing away at their magical uh, typewriters and stuff like that. So that's going to be pretty cool. And uh, then we saw, not not as exciting, Dan, uh, well, Harry walking through a corridor of the Ministry of Magic, all black. Looks kind of scary, I guess. And uh, that, was, that was pretty much it in terms of new photos. And I'm sure there's going to be some more coming out soon. We want to move on to a few announcements now. Ben, you and I, along with Jamie and Micah, will be at Enlightening 2007 at the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia this July 12th to the 15th for the movie premiere. Is that going to be the next Jamie episode we have? Where is Jamie? Oh, God, I don't know. Well, Eric, we cleared this up last week. I know. Uh, I I heard you. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, he's he's a busy guy. I just realized. I just, I was thinking I missed (laughs) Jamie, so. He's, uh, oh, so all of us I talked to him the other day, but. uh, He was sick still. Yeah, he was. He's getting over a cold or whatever. He'll be back soon. Uh, 
Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> sorry. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we'll be doing a live podcast there, and we're also going to be doing a workshop showing how everyone how we create MuggleCast. Please email enlighten07 at gmail.com. Send in your RSVPs with uh, letting us know that you're going to be coming and how many people you plan on bringing with you, because the live podcast is going to be open up to the public. So you, even if you don't sign up for Enlightening, although we highly recommend, if you don't sign up for Enlightening, you can still come to the live podcast, and then there's going to be a movie event, too. We're not sure if that's going to be open to the public yet. They're still working out the details, but we'll fill you in as soon as we know more as well. Um, ben, you want to plug the uh, book again? Yeah. Mugglenet.com is what will happen in Harry Potter 7. It was reviewed last week in the New York Times, a very positive review. You can check that out. Um <clears throat> And thanks to all of you, it will be debuting in the February 25th edition of the New York Times as the number four children's bestseller. So, wow. thanks wow. to all of you. Now, Congratulations, wait. Ben. <laughs> Tell me how that works. Why does that? Why is it in the February 25th edition? It's like a once-a-month um, thing, or what? Uh, I'm not entirely sure, but that's, that's when it's going to go in. Oh, uh, okay. It'll stay on the list until... Until you know it gets outsold or whatever, but it's going to be in there. And is your interview on the New York Times podcast feed? Yes, it is. Do you think you can put a link in the show notes or something? Oh, you have to listen. Well, you have to go to you have to go to iTunes. iTunes. Yeah, a link to the iTunes thing. Okay, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, just just so people can listen. Um, also, thanks for everyone. Thanks to everyone who sent in their feedback about the show. We asked for it last week. We got a lot of good feedback. We are reading all of it, and we do appreciate all of it. Um, biggest complaint was that Eric, people don't like you. <laughs> That's so mean. Well, just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Well, I mean, on the I'm, other kidding. Hand, I'm kidding. Nobody complained about you. I'm kidding. In- no, no, nobody complained about the the host. Uh, biggest uh, suggestion we got was uh, people recommend that we have our books with us. So when we can't remember an exact quote or something, we can just look it up quick. So, so thanks to everyone who sent in their feedback, and you can send it in at any time. We love we love to read it, and we want to improve the show and make it as enjoyable as possible for uh, the majority of the audience. And also, I have an update on my wizard rock band. I'm hard at work on my new song. Eric, I gave you an opportunity to work I know, with me. I know, I know. And you no, didn't I said take we it. had to collaborate. We were, you were going were gonna to call okay. me. Well, you never did. Well, I never called you because you I didn't moved. Yeah, call I know. me. I know, I moved. That's why. And you moved, and you okay. don't have a phone number now. Well, I so, do. It'll just cost um, you like 30 cents. It's going to be to Bye 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 by InSync. A lot of people liked it, and they suggested suggested that I make it my next Wizard Rock single. So I'm working on it right now. So it's what? Not good. in July or whatever? You're just going to extend that and make it a make it a full yeah, length. Yeah, right. Okay, that's cool. Right. Yeah. So it's uh it's pretty groovy, and that'll probably be, it, it won't be out for a while. I just got bored uh, a couple of days ago, so I figured I'd start working on By it. By the way, while we're on announcements, I just got an email. I do apologize in advance for portraying an Aussie. I did not mean to offend anybody. Okay, just just got an email now. I gotta clear that up before next okay. episode. Did not mean. To All do right, it. hey, um, we had the results of our Deathly Hollows theory contest uh, that we started a couple weeks ago on MuggleCast. We got a good amount of votes, a couple thousand votes. We thank everyone who uh, voted on MuggleCast.com for their 
favorite theory that we aired on episode 76 of MuggleCast. The winners are... <gasps> first place... Sorry. Winner of a MuggleCast t-shirt, a MuggleNet book, and an optional piece of Jamie's suitcase, suitcase, which, by the way, is still sitting here in my room. Uh, it's looking kind of limp. I'm <laughs> limp ready to get rid of it. With 14% of the vote, Cynthia from Kentucky. And here's her theory now. Um, hi, this is Cynthia, and I'm from Kentucky. And I have been hearing some theories going around about Harry, that, or, or that Harry was actually the one who was at Godric Hollow on that Halloween night in 1981. Um, after thinking about it, this makes perfect sense to me, because when you see the Sorcerer's Stone movie, it looks like that scene is being witnessed by an onlooker. Yet, in all of the books, they are written in or from Harry's point of view, and this scene just does not seem to be in Harry's point of view. But, after thinking about this theory, I think truly it was or has been written from his point of view, because the present-day Harry used a time-turner to return to that night and actually warned his parents that Baldy was coming. Remember, James said he's coming like he was not at all surprised that Voldemort was coming. So then James told Harry to get under the invisibility cloak, and Harry then witnessed his mother being murdered. This was the hardest thing Harry's ever done, but he knew he couldn't change his mother's murder because it would change his whole future. After the murders, I think there was some kind of struggle with future Harry and possibly some Death Eaters. And that is why the Harry's house, that is why the Potter's house was destroyed. We, after all, we've never seen the Avada Kedavra destroy a whole house. After that, I think that Harry went to, to the Dumbledore of the past and told him what needed to be done with baby Harry and what had happened at the house and told him what was going to happen in the future as well. And also, he at that time gave Dumbledore the cloak so Dumbledore could give it to the future Harry in the future at his first year at Hogwarts. Anyway, that's kind of the way I think it's going to happen. So, thank you very much. Bye. Second place, winning a MuggleCast t-shirt and also an optional piece of Jamie's suitcase, Jeff from Iowa. Here is his theory. Hey, MuggleCast, this is Jeff from Iowa. This is my theory in response to the contest mentioned in episode 73. I was recently watching Disney's Hocus Pocus, and there was a line in there that witches cannot set foot on hallowed ground. This got me thinking about how the Deathly Hallows could be a place of hallowed ground. So I did some research. Hallowed ground refers to holy ground, generally a place where there has been death or burial grounds. The most common example of hallowed ground in American history is the stretch of battlefield from Gettysburg, Pennsylvania to Charlottesville, Virginia from the American Civil War. If a battlefield where so much blood was shed is hallowed ground, is it not plausible that there is somewhere in the wizarding world where there was a great battle, perhaps the battlefield of the first war with Grindelwald? If there is such a place, I think Voldemort would be drawn to this place and perhaps conceal the Horcrux. I tend to lean more towards the place where the final battle between Harry and Voldemort will become known as the Deathly Hallows. And third place, winning a MongoCast t-shirt and an optional piece of Jamie's suitcase, Amy. Hello, everyone. My name is Amy, and this is my submission for the One Minute Theory. The more I research, the more I believe that Deathly Hallows refers to the Horcruxes themselves. And yes, I'm basing this on a theory and legend. 
I know, big shocker, right? Well, there's more to it than that. We can't deny that the Harry Potter series has been laced with King Arthur influences. Chamber of Secrets screams Excalibur. I would like to point out another Arthurian connection that interests me. Taliesin was advisor and chief harper of King Arthur. But more than that, he became obsessed with becoming immortal. He believed that the hallows of Logris were the keys to immortality. When researching Taliesin, I came across several literary works in which Taliesin is a main character. The Dark is Rising is a five-book series by Susan Cooper published throughout the 60s and 70s. The books follow a young boy named Will who discovers on his 11th birthday that he is destined to seek the signs before the final battle with the Lord of the Dark. In these books, the signs are a set of six circles quartered by crosses. The six signs are each made of a different material and represent a different element. In the presence of these, the dark is powerless. I know this theory isn't exactly answering all of the burning questions the fandom has, and I know the whole King Arthur theory isn't exactly original, but I do believe this puts a different spin on it. Let me know what y'all think. Now, all three of you, we don't have your email addresses because everyone called in. So if you could please email me, Andrew at com. Give me your phone number so we can verify that it's real you. Then we'll check it with our records. And then we will get to your prizes to you. Also include which piece of Jamie's suitcase that you would <laughs> like. Um, Mikey. Can we, get the, can we get the video of you sawing it up? I really want to see that, man. Yes, really Mikey, do. if that does happen. Uh, if that is required, I will take video of it, <laughs> and it won't be pretty because I am not good You're with tools. You're taking an axe to Jamie's suitcase. Uh, an axe is a little too much, I think. Oh, and then, well, <laughs> yeah. So, so congrats to those three, and thanks to everyone who submitted their theories. Everyone enjoyed hearing them. Uh, now we're going to move on to something we haven't done in a while, actually. <gasps> a character discussion. Whoa. That's wow. trippy. This week... We are going to be talking about Filch and Mrs. Norris. Argus Filch, his, distingu- his distinguishing characteristics is he has bulging, light color eyes, thin gray hair, prominent veins in his sunken cheeks, tendency to wheeze, usually wears a brown coat, but on special occasions, such as Christmas feasts or the revealing of the Goblet of Fire, he wears an ancient tailcoat. Um, he's a squib, he can't do magic, and he kind of he's kind of bitter about it, to say the least. And his family, as he is a squib, both his parents must have been wizards. He's got a big chip on his shoulder. It looks as though he probably wasn't treated especially well by them, nor by the rest of the rest of the wizarding world, which makes sense because squibs are kind of shunned in the magical world, those who, you know, because they're not worthy, in a way. Filch is one of those Snape-like characters who makes us wonder what on earth Dumbledore's been thinking. Why is Filch at Hogwarts? No one enjoys his presence there, least of all Filch, Filch himself. He can't, he can't have been caretaker for more than 20 or 25 years, as the Apollyon Pringle was caretaker in Mr. and Mr. Weasley's time. Mr. and Mrs. Weasley's time. Now, a little name origin action. Uh, in Greek mythology, Argus was a monster that, monster that had a hundred eyes and was ever so watchful. The name Argus means bright and watchful. Which, of course, sounds just like Filch. I don't know about bright. Well, watchful, is definitely. That He's definitely watchful. See, is he a smart guy? Well, we that's where really... Mrs. Norris comes in, so... How so? Well, she's, she's a pretty smart cat. She's always there to catch things. Yeah, it's true. It's so true. I think... Uh, yeah, Mi- Mikey's right. The combination of the two, you know, make, make adds there. I don't know. They're a good team. They're a good in team. In other words. 
They're the yin and yang. They make one perfect person, one perfect character. Th- th- that is a good question, actually. Why is Filch's relationship with Mrs. Norris so close? They, 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 they are a very tight team, and because um, she's pretty much his one uh, connection to the magical world, really. I mean, in terms of exactly. ability to can to do anything magical, she does it for him. Yeah. You know? Well, not that she casts mm. magic, but she is. Yeah, Ben, that was magical. nicely said. Yeah, she's she is magical, and it it makes sense. Uh, also, Mrs. Fig, who's a squib, has cats. I just think it's like. You know, especially in the case of Filch, we've seen things in the books that indicate he might be lonely and really, like, wanting to do magic. He feels completely alone and stuff like that. So having a cat to keep him company and stuff and, uh, and you know, watch the halls with him seems really cool. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, I'm actually on Answers.com and I Google searched uh, Filch and it uh, says it's Snitch. So, you know, he's always snitching on the kids to get him in trouble. Uh, you know, I think the name fits him. So, yeah. Well, that is obviously why Joe named him Argus Filch. But um, what was I going to ask? Do you think Do you think Mrs. Norris was at the school before Filch got there, or Filch brought Mrs. Norris, or I would think uh, Filch brought Mrs. Norris. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, it se- it seems as though they're too close to have had just like a random encounter where they just began to like each other, you know? Yeah, like, Filch, Filch is the new uh, caretaker, so he inherited uh, the cat, the caretaking cat of Hogwarts. It, it also sort of makes sense for uh, someone who is considered a reclusive-type person to have a cat, you know, like, get a cat for himself. Yeah. Well, yeah, also, exactly. like, also, if he was, like, you know, a squib growing up, his family would have got him something to make him not feel as, you know, inferior as, you know, he's not a wizard, but everyone else in his family is. Unless his family yeah, was horrible. Sure. Yeah, which they were but, but, to him, I guess. <laughs> how, how do you know that, Ben? Well, according to MuggleNet.com's encyclopedia, he seems like he's been oppressed because of his lack of magical ability. Well, that's probably why he works at Hogwarts, right? Because he always wanted to have it, and this is probably the closest, closest he can get to it. Yeah. Yeah. Yet, he's hated how the school has been managed by Dumbledore. Maybe not hated, but in Order of the Phoenix, when Umbridge took over, he mentioned that the he school... Was happy. Yeah, the school had never been run better or something to yeah, that effect. Yeah, but don't you think that it's his... He's happy to see the kids get in trouble? Like, the kids be, like, punished? Oh, yeah, punished. that's why it takes... That's why it takes pleasure, and so... Yeah. The more punishment they're under, the better it is for him. Yeah. So that's why you would... Yeah, he's like, always missing the... Yeah, uh, that's why he would like Umbridge more than Dumbledore, right there. Yeah. But do you think he... Do you think he really didn't like Dumbledore? Or it's just his management, or his his yeah, basically his man- management administrative administrative skills. No, I I, I think, think everybody he, does. Oh. oh, I'm sorry. All the I think all the teachers liked him. I mean, you know, or at least respected him. Um, but yeah, I mean, Filch just. I think Filch saw where Dumbledore was coming from about punishing the students, but. I'm pretty sure, or I'm almost positive that Filch always felt like Dumbledore didn't really care, you know, or care, not care, but cared too much about the students and didn't really care about punishing the students. You know, I mean, Dumbledore is clearly like a rule breaker, so I think, you know, maybe they didn't always see eye to eye. But then Filch got to play when Umbridge stepped up, so. I agree with Eric on that one. It's, you know, I think, uh, if anything, I think 
you know, Dumbledore let everyone kind of get have a little slack. You know, how many times should Harry have been in trouble? And right. uh, after the first book, we, he was never worried of being expelled again. Well, other than right. crashing into the Whomping Willow, but it's, you know, <laughs> other than so that, they, you know, he never yeah. got in trouble. So they, he never so they, got in trouble. Yeah, they, 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 I think Filch and Dumbledore had their personal, you know, differences. I mean, sorry, their, their, um, professional, uh, differences and their, you know, but, but they kept it professional, I think. And, uh, but, but Dumbledore. I, I, I don't Go think, ahead, yeah, I don't think Filch would conspire against Dumbledore, like you know, plot to kill him or be involved in such a plot. Um, that's yeah, that's absurd, right? Yeah, and Dumbledore no. probably let him do what he wanted to in terms of punishing the students because he knew that it wasn't out of line, and at the same time, the you know, it was keeping the school, uh, yeah, out of you know harm's way. But why does I mean we're probably going to start beating around the bush here with these questions that Mike brought up? But why does he always want to torture the students? He resents them because it, it what he resents them. If I could talk, exactly. Um, it, yeah, it, it's because they have magical ability and he doesn't. It's a right. he resents them for the fact that they're growing up their life the way he wanted to live his. But don't you think after 30 years or however long he's been teaching at that, or he'd be, he's been at that school, he would Snape? sort of yeah, get over it? Yeah, I don't it. think so. It's, a, it's the same thing. I think he's also just like Snape where he was probably picked on by, if not family members, people that he knew because they were at Hogwarts and he couldn't be because he was a squib. And he holds it against anybody that can do and that. You know, he right. resents them. And, uh, and like we see, you know, Snape is just horrible to Harry because of his father. And he has no problems making fun of Sirius in front of Harry, making fun of Sirius after he's dead. You know, it's one of those things where it's the same thing. You know, he was resented or he might have been picked on as a kid. And Phyllis is just having the time of his life taking it out on the kids. You know, well, he, you, you, know you can't get over it when it's there every day. Right. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, the students continuously pick on Filch. Mm. Yeah, and so does Peeves, right. you know. He's constantly yeah. picked on by everything of magic, you know. Peeves picks on him. The, you know, there's just, you know, you know, there's exactly. joke shops everywhere. The Weasleys, you know, Harry and them are all breaking rules and he's just constantly being put down. And, you know, people watch out for his cats, you know. They, it's just, yeah, he's constantly picked on. So I think you so. should not be patrons of the Fred and George uh, Weasley store because you should feel bad for Filch and the fact that he cannot do magic to counter any of the things. You, you know, there have been points in the book where I felt sad for Filch, especially after he had, uh, I think it was book three, he had to clean up, um, clean up a really big mess like he had to wash on his hands and knees like twice or something. Do you guys remember that? Some kind of incident. I don't think it was the swamp, but in book five, but I think it was something else. Maybe that he, because he had to clean up with his hands and knees and, you know, do all their magical mess. It's just, I, I do feel bad for him at times. I mean, you know. Oh, but it's so much fun to pick on him. Oh, it so is. I mean, yeah, I would totally <laughs> drop like a dung bomb or something if I were in Hogwarts. Yeah, sure. <laughs> hey, so, hey, Filchy. <laughs> you know. So yeah. why do you think he still works there? That's a good question. Hey, does he just feel just safe? offers in the opportunity. Yeah, it's more. It, to... it also offers an opportunity for him to get back at them. I mean, well, well, he's given the opportunity to punish them or is it getting you know ba- rat on them? Is that why it is though to get back at the students? I mean, it's not necessarily his fault that he wasn't a wizard, and it's not their fault that he's not. I think it's the most magical life, or it's one of the more magical lives that Squibs would have. You know what I'm saying? Like Mrs. Fig lives in a Muggle suburb in a Muggle life. Yeah. Well, you yeah, you probably couldn't get much more involved than. 
working in Hogwarts unless well, you worked at Diagon Alley or something like that. What was it? The first book or the second book where Harry got in trouble and they were uh, he was in Filch's office and he got out? Didn't Filch have, you know, still trying to learn to be a wizard? Yeah, quick you spell. Know, maybe he's... That was book uh, two. Yeah. Book two, yeah. yeah maybe he's holding remember. out for something. Yeah, maybe he's hoping yeah. that, like, being at the school where they're learning stuff, he'll pick up on something that he didn't learn. You know, he might he might still hope out that he's a wizard, you know? Even That's though true. He's, maybe so, he's hoping... You know. Yeah. Maybe he's just hoping someday <laughs> something will something will click. Yeah, well, and, we heard it with Neville, where they thought he wasn't magical, and then out of nowhere he bounced, so... <laughs> <laughs> so bounce. we have to throw Filch off the uh, the top of the tallest tower and see if he bounces. The astro- yeah, the astronomy hold on, tower. Hold on, and see if he bounces. Hold on, Let's get Peeves in on that one. What if Filch? What if Filch is the one who is does magic late in life? It, it, That's what it we, could we're be. gonna get. Yeah. It could be. See, if I was here last week, uh, we could have talked about that. But um, why? I don't know. What do you I mean? Just, well, Filch, you know, we guys talked about Petunia. Well, we could but, talk uh, about it now. By okay. Way. Well, I, I definitely think Filch could be the person because, you know, like he's just so angry character through the whole thing. If he was able to do magic, it would be a complete turnaround for him. And uh. that could, and, and and also he's like the least likely person to think about it because like think about it. he's there all he's, the time he knows he knows the castle probably as good as the phelps twin or not the phelps friend george <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> difference i'm in the middle of school um but yeah you know what i mean like he's really would be an asset if he was able to be a wizard and fight against you know anything that might come up um plus he probably knows stuff that you know about the school and about all the yeah, teachers about and the everything people, yeah. that can be really helpful to Harry. And if yeah. Harry, you know, and them were in found out, you know, if Harry helped him, you know, become a wizard or something, you know, he was able to do magic. I totally see him completely doing a 180 and opening up and being able to help Harry in some way, being like, oh, well, this underground area. Because, like, come on, no one had ever found the Chamber of mm, Secrets. Well, I don't, I don't know about that. Well, he could do something. He could do something because. I, I think it. I think if Harry has to learn about an underground lake or something, he should consult the Weasley twins. Because if you look, try and think about the kind of company that Fields kept in school. You know, Snape, and nobody proclaims how much of a of, of a miss uh, miss misfit Harry is than besides Filch than Snape. And if you do recall, book four, you know when he went up, or book five actually wasn't it when he went up to the Allery? Might have been book six, I think it was, and he met Cho, but then uh, Filch was tipped off no, somehow it was book that five. he was supposed it's to. Book five. Yeah. It was book five. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm all of a flutter there, but uh, it, you know, Filch is Filch doesn't like Harry, and even if he could do magic, I think it's uh, he still does think he's a serious misfit. You have to remember that although he may not like him, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that he's not going to try to help him, knowing that it's for the good of everyone. In a situation like this, right? It's, yeah, it's true, especially depending on how much he liked Dumbledore. And you, you also know. talked about Snape. Come on, well, couldn't he know something about Snape that could, you know, maybe he doesn't help him directly, but he knows something about Snape and maybe Dumbledore or something like that that leads to Snape helping Harry or something else that's like yeah. a big thing in the book. Yeah. Plus, in, in book five, what you're referring to, Eric, I think it was Draco, or at least Harry believed that it was Draco who had tipped uh, Filch off to Harry possibly, you know, ha- being involved in some suspicious activity. So, I mean, and Filch works, I, not he doesn't work with, but he has respect for Draco, I think. 
So, you know, yeah. in terms of getting some Gryffindors in trouble. So I think it wasn't so much as Harry being hated by Filch, but I think Filch was just looking for someone to get in trouble. Well, no, it's, I mean, it could have been anyone. Yeah, but once he found out, or once he could not find proof of evidence of dung, dung bombs in Harry, he didn't turn around and say, oh, I was tricked by Draco. He turned around and said, you know, oh, Harry just got away with something. He, he continued to believe that Harry had just sent you know, a shipment of of of, of owls. He didn't say, "Oh, I was tripping." You know, well, probably because th- that's he has what he resorted for, to for for Malfoy for Draco for Draco. But I'm saying over over Harry, he wouldn't. Oh, you know. mm, that that's true. So you're saying that he would say, "Screw, screw Harry. I want to help out Draco." But again, if Draco's good now or something, then he's not. Y- you never know no what way. kind of loyalties could really. You think Draco's not? Gonna, I mean, it's Draco you, cast, but you, you, you don't you, think he's <laughs> what? You don't think Draco's going to be good? I think Draco's in trouble. He's dead. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's dead. He's dead. He come on. He made a mistake. He killed Dumbledore. He's, but is he good? Is he good? No, he's not good. He's not good. Come on. Uh, he's Kevin. naive. I think he's if anything. He's only good for his own means. If that makes sense, he he's out for himself, kind of. Okay, but but he was he's like just, ready to cry when Dumbledore told him to join the good side. He's he's ready to cry there. He's, his father's in a bad place. I don't. I don't know. But we'll, we'll talk about that some other time. Yeah, sure. Another main discussion. If we have we had by the way, real quick, have we had a discussion on Draco? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we've had. Two. Um, yeah. All right. Um, anyway, but back on to we just went on so many different tangents there. Uh, where, where did we start off with? Filch. Um. um Filch. Uh, so. So so oh so his involvement in book seven, uh, being the one to display magic late in life. I guess that makes sense. What, what, what would be the first thing they would do? Well, I suppose it's directly proportional to how much of Hogwarts they show in Book 7. I mean, if it takes a big... Like, if we find out that Hogwarts plays a big role, then I would say, yeah, sure, I think, you know, Filch will be the, you know, the one who displays magic or... Because I, I can't really see Filch away from Hogwarts necessarily, so I would think... Well, this... You, I was just going to say, you know, Joe said that Filch stays around even during the holidays, so... Um, I mean, it's it's a stretch, but maybe we that if if we are going to see uh, Filch display magic, it's going to have to be at Hogwarts. Yeah, and I like where like else? <laughs> yeah, Ben said. I mean, it could be, and I, I like the idea of him being the one. But I just you know, if we depends on how much we see Hogwarts. But maybe we could talk about this for a second. What would give that would allow Filch to suddenly do magic? Would he be a full blown wizard, or would it just be little spells or little? We don't. Jinxes? We don't know what magic means, really, do we? Guess not, Ben. Yeah, we does don't magic know what mean makes uh, wand magic, or does magic mean something magical is going to happen to him? I don't know if that makes any sense. Well, well I think we need to. Uh, if you look at the quick spell course that 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 Filch was uh, reading, the uh, readers that were listed in the book were like people who. You know, are now inviting their friends over to to dinner and setting the plates magically, or some, you know, something like that, where they're kind of doing like minor stuff. You know, you know, but they are doing magic, and that's you know, and and they can control the magic. So it's kind of like, I guess, the quick spell course. If it, if it isn't a hoax, which it very well could have been, um, you know, just just for laughing at Filch purposes. But if it's not a hoax, uh, I would think that they could do a little bit of spells, yeah, force some magic out of the squibs. Hmm. We don't. We don't know how what makes a person magical and what per- doesn't make a person magical. It's not a 
Star Wars here with the Medichlorians. I think it's Medichlorians, it? yeah. <laughs> okay. They could talk to them. Just like, uh, okay. Yeah, because, like, honestly, like, what if, you know, it just, because we know that uh, Tonks is, you know, Patronus changed, you know, and she was having problems right. when she was upset. Maybe he was just always picked on. Yeah, and, that and is possible. Yeah. He was always and, upset. Yeah, and, and he's so angry. Hey, and now, possible. you know, maybe something happens and he's able to do magic. He just needs to give in to love and, you know. Yeah. And then he'll just be casting spells left and right. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. So, would do you think Filch would defend the school at all costs? If it came down to he suddenly got this magic later in life and he was at the school and I can't imagine Voldemort, you know, trying to attack to, yeah. Filch, but do you think he would defend the school at all costs? Is he so that asking, loyal to the school? Yeah, I you're think asking so. Because he's, yeah. Is he in he, it for the school? There. Or is he just, in it for I himself? think if someone hurt Mrs. Norris, if someone, you know, if a Death Eater <laughs> oh, came yeah. in and went after Mrs. Norris, <laughs> killed a cat, he'd be like, he would go insane. Come on. That, that cat well, is did. everything to him. He did in Chamber of Secrets. Yeah. You know, yeah. So ca- I think, in- you know, if something happened to Mrs. Norris, you know, that would, I would not be surprised if something happened to Mrs. Norris, that's what causes Filch to, you know, do magic. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was like it was because it, it's going to be such a revelation if he is the one. I wouldn't be surprised if it was like a wandless, you know, spell that's just really strong, and he is more shocked than anyone else. Yeah, um, and he's able he to save particu- his Yeah, he's particularly you know. emotional. You know, I don't want to. Uh, yeah. Every time Filch does magic, God kills a kitten. I mean, <laughs> 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 but saves Mrs. Norris. <laughs> he saves Mrs. Norris. I don't. I don't. I don't really want. Mrs. Norris to have to die, but you yeah, know, well, but yeah. It, so is Filch in it for himself, or is he in it for the castle? Like, because this didn't really like talking about Mrs. Norris. It would seem like he's in for himself more than the castle. I don't think he's in it for himself because what has he got to gain by being picked from, on? Or well, it gives from, him a home in a way. Yeah, interdependence. Well, it's his home. It's his home. It's his home. It's Mrs. Norris's home. What do you guys think of uh, David Bradley, the actor who plays Filch in the movies? Because he doesn't get. Much screen time, but I think he really makes good use of what he does get. I think he does a good job. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, I, honestly, too. he's what I pictured Moody being like for some reason. Really? I pictured Moody physically looking or like, yeah. Well, I yeah, can kind of see size. physically. Physically, whenever I whenever I imagined Moody when I read Goblet of Fire, I, I imagined him looking like Filch for some reason, except with a peg leg. Right. But, I think he's done a good job. Yeah. Oh, I, I think he's a great actor from what we've seen from him just in these, you know, like Chamber of Secrets, you know, when Mrs. Norris was, was petrified. Yeah. Kill ya. That was great stuff. Kill ya. And he's funny, too. He is. And he's not, I mean, can you imagine, like, filming Goblet of Fire? They, they're like, okay, we're going to shoot you out of a cannon. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. All right. <laughs> I like I when know. he when he lights the cannon too early. He does that a couple of times. Of he does that a couple of times. He got with a fire, right? I know, right? Yeah. Well, also yeah. like him running in, him running in with the knees Is really high. In, That's amazing. I was just like, wow. Sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta be a sport like, to do that kind of a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's you know he definitely brought life to a character that uh is not a major character he did something to the character and i'm glad yeah definitely and um harry or sorry he's gonna have some good scenes in order of the phoenix we know that he does one where uh over the great hall entranceway he's nailing up proclamations made by umbridge and doesn't he fall off the ladder or something or some explosion have something he does something goofy in that in one of those scenes where he's hanging up the proclamation so I'm really looking forward to seeing that 
he's a great it's good comic relief and he's he's funny david bradley i i think he said in a couple of interviews that his grandchildren are really uh supportive of his acting role yeah, in a he's, Harry Potter he's doing film. it he's doing it for his grandkids you know that's kind of cool I'd like to see what else yeah. he was in. I, I don't recall seeing him in much else, but I I know he's done a lot of British movies. So, mm. all right. Any other questions, you guys? Or are we done here? I think that's why is we, the uh, sky blue? Yeah, I think that we covered everything. <laughs> I think Filch makes the sky blue. Yeah, Filch does make the sky blue. <laughs> Book seven, uh, live or die. He's got to live. He's. But yeah, it's definitely so? interesting. Displaying magic later in life, I think Filch is a good candidate. To I die? Strong. No, to, to, uh, to uh, magic. display magic. W- yeah. What if he displays magic and then dies? Well, that's always a possibility. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. He comes <laughs> in, he's kind of like the last card that they just throw in and, you know. And Phil dies. Does anyone care? With this card. I'd be a little upset. I would be sad. Wouldn't. Come on. Why would you it's be like, sad? It's Filch. Yeah, well, that's what but I'm it's saying. But it's like, oh, yeah, I don't know. He's not a bad guy, but he's not a gr- good guy either, so... Well, it's, not exactly, just, it's not exactly a groundbreaking death, uh, I don't think. No, I, yeah, no. I think, it, I think <laughs> it would be. Just, I think I think it would be a pointless death, you know. Not, not like Dumbledore's groundbreaking death. No, sorry. Oh, uh, oh, that was tough. That was, yes, no. Oh wow. Uh, <laughs> what would Mrs. Norris do? She'd uh, WWMND. <laughs> totally. PWN. All right, so that concludes today's character discussion. Let's move on to a few voicemails now. Hey, welcome to Ask. This is Toria Spencer um, from Silver Knight, Alberta, Canada. I was listening to um, episode 76 when you're talking about the Wormtail quote where it says, if we proceed, if we murder, or if I murder or curse. I have the Canadian version of the book, Goblet of Fire, and it also says curse in mind, so it isn't just a British edition. So I don't know how this will, would affect the actual quote itself, but just thought I'd let you know that. Great. Thanks. Love the show. Bye. Isn't the British edition British edition the same as the Canadian edition, like cover yeah. and publisher? No, the publisher's different. In in Canada, it's Raincoast, and oh. in uh, in the UK, it is Bloomsbury. Is it the same editor? Um, probably the same editor, but they're the same so editions, just, I think. Just yeah, different publishers. Isn't, isn't Raincoast the subdivision of Bloomsbury? I could be completely. Um, I don't know. That. I think you made that up. Actually, I don't know. Maybe right. Bloomsbury is <laughs> in New Zealand here. Bloomsbury's got some... They published the book here, so it's no change. Well, that's interesting. Thanks, Tori, for pointing that out. I guess, I mean, it doesn't seem like an integral... A, a not integral... A, well, I think it's just we were we were trying to say, you know, who else could he kill? And, oh my god, we missed a death, but if it's just Curse, then I think it's, what, Barty Crouch or something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... All cool. right, thanks, Tori. Next voicemail. Hi, this is Lindsay Saline from Algeria. In episode 37, I mean, uh, 76, you were talking, um, uh, Deathly Cry. You said, I, you told, you said that, um, you couldn't really think of a Deathly Cry. Well, there's the Cry of the Mandrakes, which can be Deathly, and the Cry of the Banshees, which could be Deathly, though I don't think they'll come in. I just thought I'd point that out. Okay, thanks, bye. She's just saying that there could be voices from the past, and that could mean Deathly Hallows would be right. voices of the dead ones. Yeah, I, you know, I think that's kind of what it says, uh, it, yeah, it could be the echoes of the people Voldemort's killed, right? Um, which, and that would be what with the prior, and cont- you know, when their wands connect. Um, this could relate to the veil too. We were talking about the veil and how maybe on on uh, All Hallows Eve, uh, when uh, when the veil is the thinnest, there. What, someone <laughs> me, there is some 
What? There's, there, a, there's a there's a party one night only in the uh, Ministry of Magic. In yeah. The well, no, seriously, were you there for that? Yeah, I was. The, the, yeah. the connection, the veil becomes thinner, and and right. people are kind of allowed to transcend. Right. I mean, so this could sort of relate to the veil too. The veil is going to have to play a big role. Yeah, seven, I think. I think it's going to come back definitely. Yeah. Well, it never went away, but yes. Well, you know, you know. <laughs> it, we didn't see it in uh, book six. That's true. Which upset me, but I just figured we'd have a big finale with it then. That in the love room. Hi, Moke. Hello, casters. This is Michael from Wisconsin. I was calling in to talk to you guys about uh, the uh, contest, for the theory contest. I was listening, and I heard about one guy talking about how Snape, Voldemort, and Harry will be in the final scene, and how Harry—I mean, how Snape will disarm Voldemort, and Harry will get his wand. Well, going back to this, I was thinking about the Priory and Contatum, and how Harry and Voldemort's wand connected somehow. And I was wondering if Harry and Voldemort can somehow—I mean, if Harry can use Voldemort's wand and his own wand at the same time to perform a spell to double its power. Like, if he held the one, two wands in one hand, I wasn't sure. But that was one of my theories on how I could defeat Voldemort. So, thank you. I love your show. Right, bye. I don't think it worked that way. I don't think I don't think it would... I think that, that doesn't make much sense because otherwise you could take ten wands, buy ten yeah, wands, but like, I got like, Avada Kedavra, and just blow away a building or something. <laughs> it's like Rambo Harry. Yeah, yeah. I got a few voicemails to this effect, and... One of the main reasons people were pointing this out is because the wand has the same core. Yeah, and do you think that... And it's not oh, often yeah. that two wands you're holding have the same core. Well, that, that that's well, not, why no, they no, can't... No, not, not, not just the same core, brother... They're brother wands. Right. Well, because they're, mm. they're the same feather, or there's, they're the feathers from the same phoenix. Right. But... Just the fact that Voldemort has a phoenix feather and it's Fox's phoenix feather and Fox and Dumbledore are so connected, do you think that maybe Dumbledore's death or, or something or Fox could actually affect Voldemort's one? Because I think we had a question a long time ago. Fox about is probably going to go ask for his feather back. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Yo, I want We're my feather back. It. He's going to. So, so Voldemort's one will be. Corliss, I'll just have a stick. But uh, that's where the stick comes from. But anyway, um, no, but I mean, we know, like, they can't face each other, which is why in the very beginning of the show we stated, you know, Dumbledore asked about Ollivander going missing. I mean, uh, uh, Jamie. Jamie talked about Ollivander going missing and how they can't really battle each other with those wands. So, you, you know, because it would always do priori and cantatum. Hmm. So, I think that if, if Harriet would ever... Uh, get his hands on Vol- Voldemort's wand, he would try to <laughs> break it. <laughs> Yo, I wouldn't want to touch that thing. I wouldn't, Who well, knows what kind of curse yeah, it has. Yeah, th- I'm sure it's nasty. Like, got stuff yeah. all over it, but... Mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, in uh, in the movie, it's it's like a bone. It's like a skeleton you know, bone type thing. <laughs> Can uh, you imagine him as a first year carrying that wand in? Yeah. This is my wand, everybody! This is getting awkward, but... Okay, okay. I, I think they would try to break it. <laughs> I mean, Harry would try to break it. <laughs> Wouldn't you rather destroy Voldemort's <laughs> wand than try to do your magic, up, so Voldemort? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. You would. Enough about Voldemort's wand. This is a G-rated show. Hi guys, my name is Chris. 
I'm calling from the San Francisco area, and I'm one of your mature listeners. Um, I have a thought for you guys to discuss. It's actually kind of a funny thought. Um, but as I get older, people ask me, when are you going to settle down and have children? Uh, my mom always tells me it's the only way that you'll be remembered long after you're dead. That got me thinking into the Voldemort world. How come he doesn't ever want to have children? Neither did Dumbledore, as far as we know. Really and truly, it is one way to become immortal. Your children pass on your genealogy as well as your traditions and thoughts about you. And one way that Voldemort could live forever, really, is to have children. So I was just kind of curious. We know he liked to operate alone, but we know that Bellatrix would do anything for him. Just I was curious as to why Voldemort never became a daddy. Can you imagine that thought? Well, I hope you guys have a great day, and pickles to you too. Thanks for that, Chris. Uh, Voldemort just has no love. He can't make any love because he has no love. So therefore, he can't be a daddy. <laughs> that was the best answer to a voicemail question well, ever. I, it's true, though. It might be a good way it to is. pass on your legacy. And I mean, obviously, Harry inherited something from from especially his father. But you know, if Voldemort wanted to truly, but I mean, then his son could die. I can't. I no, just no, can't I, imagine. I it. like this voicemail because it, I think it illustrates Voldemort. I mean, we don't know that Voldemort <laughs> doesn't have a kid. You know, people like Bellatrix, as as stated, we don't I know. Am your father, but, but, uh, uh, you know, but it's be a Star we, we Wars don't. Scene we don't know. Seven. Could be hidden away. Could be twins that were separated to opposite ends of the galaxy. We don't know. We don't know. It's unlikely, but. At the same time, I think it illustrates Voldemort's uh, m- not understanding that there aren't things worse than death, and there are other ways to become immortal. You don't need to kill a hundred people, make a hundred Horcruxes, you or know seven in this case. And well, hang on, Ben. You you don't need That's to make right. Horcruxes to become immortal. You are immortal. You live on through your children. And and that's that's exactly this is just just that exactly that it's not good enough for Voldemort to be immortal you know to be to pass on his power through his his line I don't even know if he'd trust a, a child that he had to to you know either take on the throne once he dies or once he even though he's never going to die according to him or whatever you know I don't think he'd even trust a kid of his own or if he did at right, least right, right. I really don't think he's thinking about that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, wouldn't it be crazy though if that's how book seven ended? <laughs> Voldemort tells Harry, "I am your father," and that'd be cool. Uh, ben, you want to you want a real answer to that question? No, it wouldn't be funny. I think it'd be hilarious. <laughs> that'd be so wrong. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's why that's why they want to kill Lily. <laughs> We're exposing Voldemort a little too much with this. Harry, I, <laughs> Harry, yeah, I, I have a son. So. He is your scar. <laughs> the scars is you know was on. Okay, and so we have one we have one final listener rebuttal for you. This comes from Mercy, age fifteen, from New York City. Hey you guys, love the show. You always make me laugh during my art class when I listen to LegoCast. I love it. Anyway, I just read the new diary posting on Joe's site. In one line she writes, I always knew that Harry's story would end with the seventh book, but saying goodbye has been just as hard as I always knew it would be. Even while I'm mourning, though, I feel an incredible sense of achievement. I can't help but wonder if she's hinting at Harry's demise. It wouldn't be a surprise if he died, but I just thought perhaps that was her way of telling us something. So yeah, I'd like to know what you think. End quote. So, it's kind of interesting. I always knew that Harry's story would end with the seventh book. Could there be a deeper meaning there? She's just fiddling with us. Well, it could be. It could have a double meaning. I mean, if Harry really does die, it's still... It's, Harry's story still is ending with book seven, whether he's dead or not. The book 
the books are entitled Harry Potter and the something for the reason, for a reason. Well, you know, the whole book series itself, the whole story she's telling us about is about Harry Potter. Well, we right, thought it right. so but, it but could, could be, his story end completely? That like, that's what she's trying to point out. I mean, it could, but but it doesn't. Uh, Do you guys think he's going to die? It doesn't. Is, any, is anyone in here the, think he's going to die? Well, no. Just because she says that she always knew that there were going to be seven books, that could mean you know she always knew that it was going to take Voldemort seven books to die properly. Yeah, you know, I mean, mm. it doesn't necessarily. But I mean, she said saying goodbye, but I think she also means you know saying goodbye to everybody, saying goodbye to just stop writing the books. She knows she doesn't want to write forever. She said in interviews how she wants to go out with a bang. So, you know, I just think it, it doesn't mean he's going to die, and I'm hopeful that it, that it doesn't mean that. I honestly, I was sitting in class a few days ago, and I just started thinking about the book seven. I had this huge revelation. That just I, it was set in my mind. Harry has to die in book seven. Why? It's just Why? the only way the story can end correctly. No. All these times oh, he's tried to Don't save get the day. He's been the hero. How? What better way for the book to end? Tell me a better way the story can end. Uh, how about Voldemort dies? That's so Harry, generic. Wait, wait, so wait! Generic. Get this! Get this! Get this! Get this! Andrew, Harry lives. That's generic. And he gets to live happily the hero lives. Oh, oh, it's generic? No, it's not generic. The hero always dies. The hero always sacrifices himself. No, Bruce Willis always, always stays. The no, day, Bruce the Willis always dies. stays on the asteroid and blows himself up. <laughs> Bruce Willis always stays on that asteroid. It always happens, Andrew. I'm sorry, but I just... Voldemort dying and Harry saving the day. It's not powerful not enough for saving the day. Not saving he's, the day. He Harry getting severely he torn up. Sev- no, he did win the battle, but you can lose a lot of other things. Maybe he loses a leg or something. You know, the, the, the strife, the pain, the agony that he went through should be worth something. She's going to put him through all that stuff, and then he dies. Okay, how about this gra- compromise? Harry and Voldemort die. I think that would be a nice ending. I, well, Harry has to die. I, I really I, I think, think he has to. If Harry dies, I'm going to be sad. I will be sad. That's and that's like, when you know the story has had an effect on you. I, and I, a I sort of agree. Andrew, you yeah. felt emotion through it. But I want to yeah. believe that Harry's life had a better purpose. Than of course, it had a obviously, better. yes. The purpose is to, to defeat Voldemort. But it's not really. And if Harry Wait, dies, well, you don't want to go back and read about his every thoughts because Harry's been a little bit stupid in the past, and you won't want to read about that kind of stuff happening if you know he's going to. Well, die. I think it's uh, you know I wouldn't want to read. It. I think I've said this before. Through, well, throughout the books, Harry has like lost everyone close to him, and it seems to me as though she's setting she's setting it up for him to potentially die, and it's sort of like mm-hmm. um, it reminds me of Lord of the Rings in the sense of for all those who haven't read it. Stop now. Um, when uh, when Frodo, like Frodo went to when- um, across a great sea with the elves and stuff like that, um, the great sea. Uh, Where did he go to? I can't remember. Um, the I, I oh, know. You were just and, and I've read to the hobbits. The Grey Havens. Was it yeah, the Grey Havens. Yeah. Was it Mordor? Gray- it's the Grey Havens. <laughs> but isn't that where Mordor. he left? My point is, is that the whole reason why he wrote it that way. Tolkien wrote it that way was because Frodo had been through this whole like journey and there was nothing left for him there. That was his purpose. Exactly. That was his purpose. He fulfilled his purpose and he had done all the good he could do and he was no more without without that mission. So he was forced to leave. It's equally true 
that that Frodo didn't really have a loved one, did he? I mean, did Frodo have a loved one that was going to love him, and then he still decided to go off to the Grey Havens? Because I mean, besides Sam, oh Sam, oh Sam counts. Okay, I have I have a Lord of the Rings aficionado in the room, <laughs> but um, well, like Sam and you know the hobbits all went back, and Frodo did live. I mean, he did he did survive right before he went to the Grey Havens, but it was just that what his life had changed so much. That it was really, you know, and and so much had happened to him that it really wasn't the same Shire anymore, and he really did, you know, when when then he was taken off to, to go to the Grave Havens, and and usually, you know, hobbits are certainly not allowed there, not usually. But. Well, as a someone who's never read Lord of the Rings, I, which is a shame, had my input to this. I'm sorry, uh, I, Ben. What do you think? Do you think Harry is to die? Um, I wouldn't be surprised. But do you do you personally think he should? I die? don't think so. Um, I think I think there needs to be an ultimate sacrifice. I could see mm-hmm. him losing it, doing something like losing his magic, or a physical death. I'm not sure. Yeah, but I just think the reason that I don't think he might, the reason I don't think he'll die a physical death is because Dumbledore puts a strain on there. Are so many things worse than death. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know. Because uh, I can't see him. I can't 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 see it ending in him dying because. You know, because that that would just be advocating death as being the worst thing there is. You know yeah, that's I, a good way of putting it. In my it. mind. Yeah, but they're not trying to respect the what Voldemort thinks. I mean, they don't really they don't agree with Voldemort, so, so they can die. Well, what about Ginny? Uh, what about I, what yeah? If, you know, I Ginny just, would just ha- not have a lover then, and, yeah. and oh. she'd be one more widowed lover uh, as a product of so war. What? And oh, that's a happy oh, thought. Come on, for, for, a, for a happy book like Harry Potter, that's a happy thought. Ginny, you know, Ginny's lover dies; she has to go fall in love with someone else. Well, the yeah, books I know, aren't I know. happy JK anymore. JKR's got something against it's a war. happiness. Or but I mean, okay, we could just we can go around in circles for this forever. Yeah, we could talk yeah. about this forever. Well, well, I do want to say one thing. Just because Harry dies doesn't mean. It doesn't have to be a happy end. Yeah, yeah. I know. There's ways she can write it so it's a happy end. Okay. Well, maybe yeah. he dies at an old age. That's the end of it. You know, he lives <laughs> yeah. a full life yeah. and then he dies. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. As the Harry, headmaster of, you know, I guarantee I know. you this Harry will die eventually. Ooh. Ooh. Good. Oh, my God. You know what? You, you want to know a fact I just found out? 100% of people that use shampoo die. Wow! <laughs> never knew that. Yeah, That's no. true. You would have never guessed. You would never guess. Hundred percent of people that use shampoo, you're gonna die. Yeah. Are you serious? Yes, I'm oh, serious. I don't believe you. Can you believe that? I'm like, wow. Maybe we should stop washing my hair. But then I said, no. Nice choice. Keep a a my hair. wise choice, Mikey. That is unbelievable. <laughs> I agree. Do you know that a hundred percent of people who drink water enjoy it? No, that's not true. I Their don't. bodies might enjoy it. Like, I do. Like. For health, but <laughs> so you count for a hundred percent. Bodies, Skype broke up. It, it, I said bodies, but it couldn't. No, yeah, sure. The point is, I, I poor attempt <laughs> being funny. Let's move on to a chicken soup before I look like a complete fool. Oh man, this comes from. Sorry, I cannot pronounce her name. I K A Y C A Y twenty of Chicago. She writes, "Hey, Muggle Casters, I just wanted to thank you guys for working so hard for us fans and keeping these podcasts coming faith- faithfully every week. I'm a junior in college right now, and my stress levels are higher than ever. I'm working, trying to cope with a long distance relationship, relationship, trying to keep my grades up, and trying to stay sane, just like every other college student except for Emerson. I have a secret weapon, though, fandom. I have a place I can go where work and school don't exist, and everything is hypothetical. Since 
since the end is in sight now, it makes me somewhat nervous. I've been a part of I've been a part of fandoms before that have kind of fizzled. It is a sad feeling. Losing something that you lean on and that you love is a sour affair. But since you guys are faithfully putting forth these podcasts, I can savor every second of anticipation until Deathly Hallows comes out, and then the two movies. Thanks for keeping Harry Potter alive for me by providing an easy way to keep up and keep my HP wits alive. You guys rock. Yeah, that was nicely wrote. High five, team. High five, team. High five. <laughs> High five. High five. <laughs> yeah. That was fun. <laughs> Andrew, do you remember we used to high five on webcam? Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. That's when we used to be cool on webcam. We uh, we really was, don't want to know about your webcam for like experience. a video podcast. Of- we Skype all, all the, the time. time. <laughs> you, you and I, I. we're the wow. same soul, the same video cam. All right, that I believe that wraps up today's show. We thank everyone for listening. Uh, contact information, Ben. When where can people send parcel mail? To PO Box two twenty three, Moundridge, Kansas six seven one zero seven. You can also leave a voicemail question by calling one two one eight twenty magic if you're in the United States. If you're in the United Kingdom, you can dial zero two zero eight one double four zero six double seven. If you're in Australia, you can dial zero two eight double zero three five double six eight. Also, you can Skype the username Mugglecast to uh, send a voicemail. But whether you're calling or using Skype, please keep your message under thirty seconds to a minute. <laughs> Per the request of Kevin, and eliminate as much background noise as possible. Also, you can uh, use our handy feedback form right there on MuggleCast.com. Just click on Contact at the top, and now uh, you can email any one of us at our first name at staff.mugglenet.com. Uh, I believe that does wrap up today's show. Hey, we've reached six thousand friends on MySpace. Yeah, we kicked booty. Wow. That was a lot we really of friends. Booty. I did not know that many people listen to the show. Actually. You're a popular person, Andrew. It's news to me. Hey, Ben, we also got a cool new countdown people can put on their MySpaces, Ooh. right? Or blogs. I'll, yeah, definitely. I, have you seen it around yet? I haven't. I've yes, I actually I posted a bulletin on the MuggleCast MySpace, one of the, you know, where it sends a message to everyone. I was like, hey, oh, yeah. everyone, use this for your MySpace. But oh, yeah, awesome. You want to plug it real quick? MuggleNet.com slash countdown slash countdown dot shtml. <laughs> We're so inventive with our subfolders and... But. Yeah, and then and then you can add it to your own MySpace or blog to share your excitement for it's got two countdowns in one. How sick is that? That's pretty cool. It's the coolest thing I've ever seen. I like it. So uh, and then also you can join our group on Facebook, uh, join our YouTube group, uh, become YouTube, a part of our frapper. Last man. FM, MySpace Frapper, YouTube, Facebook, MySpace Frapper, Last FM. <laughs> That is completely out of order. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can dig the show also on dig.com slash podcast. For some reason, our, our listing has not been updating. It's only the most recent episode is episode, episode 70, and I emailed them, said asked them if they could fix it, but I haven't heard a reply back yet. Mikey, Kevin Rose is not like Harry Potter, so that might have to do with it. It might be yeah. why it's not being fixed. But Alex does, you know, from Dignation, too. Yes, so. that's true. Um, so. And then uh, you could also vote for us on Podcast Alley. We're doing pretty good over there. So we thank everyone who's been voting for us in all these different places. Uh, once again, I'm Andrew Sims. I am Ben Shane. I'm Kevin Steck. I am Eric Skull. And I'm Mikey B. Thank you once again, Mikey, for joining us. We'll see everyone next week for episode 78. Bye-bye.
Earlier this week, Scholastic, the U.S. Harry Potter publisher, Turn it off! What? Turn it off! Fine.